0: I'm going to make a disclaimer, and I'm going to apologize up front. Hug yourself, and say, I love Pastor Trish, and I know she loves me. What I may hear today, I may not like, but I believe that it is of the Spirit, therefore, I make a decision to receive it and make the changes necessary to truly live the good life. All right, with that, turn with me to, in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I had to do that up front because I am going to be very unapologetic about what, we, what I deliver on this morning. We had the opportunity. I went to a very... It was a very good conference, a women's conference in Baltimore, Maryland, and then not only that, but then we uh, got a chance to spend some time with some ministry gifts and, 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 you know, got a chance to learn some things. And there was a woman that got up there that spoke, uh, and she's just really dedicated to empowering women specifically towards wealth. And the information, now if you know me, if you've been around Linked Up Church for, for a while, you know I am an avid reader, learner. I love learning. I love uh, getting information. But I love statistics because I only don't want to just learn. I want to see how true it is in society. So I love studies and statistics and things like that. And she was spewing out some statistics that I was like, surely she must be erroneous in some of her there has to be some discrepancies in her studies or what she's quoting and then of course i already had a bunch of information that i had planned on ministering but you know i wanted to compare what she had uh in comparison to what i had and doggone she was right <laughs> how many of you know it's good that you hear the word of god and hear other preachers but it's even better for you to go home and make sure that it's right and true for yourself amen so Pastor Gregory started ministering on the good life, and I'm not sure how, long I'm, how much of this I'm going to be able to continue, but I'll let you know right now, I do plan to finish this message. So whether I do a part one today and a part, a part one right now and a part two in second service, I'm not sure. But Bear with me. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, as Pastor Gregory has started reading and when he started talking about the good life, verses 8 through 10 in the Amplified, it says, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves or of your own doing, but it came not through your own striving, but it's a gift of God. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It's not the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can take pride in himself in it or take glory for himself. Verse 10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand, for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. If I was to ascribe a title, it would be The Good Life, colon, Stay Woke. The Good Life, colon, Stay Woke. Now we have a little activist in my household. My daughter, uh, she has found her passion and she called me some months ago and was like, mommy, I found my passion. Now she has gifts and talents, but she found what really makes her go. And she is really passionate about civil and social justice. And so here we go to New we're in Baltimore, we drive down to DC and of course, every time you cross the thresholds of DC, there's somebody protesting and demanding rights about something. And then we mess around and we spend some time in Baltimore, and they're very socially conscious and uh, borderline humanistic. And then my husband and I spent some time in Boston just to find out, oh, gone, they're still witches and pagans really operating and really worshiping uh, themselves. And so with that being said, my daughter, while we were in New York, she found this T-shirt in a bookstore, and she absolutely loved it. And it said, I like taking naps, but I stay woke. Now, it took me back to back, you know, I'm an 80s baby, so born in the 60s, raised in college, high school years in the 80s, and there was a certain producer and uh, director that would do these uh, socially significant films, and he would oftentimes end or start his film with, wake up! Do any of you know who I'm talking about? Okay. Some of y'all are so young. Still wet behind the ears. So with that being said, we're going to talk about and It's going to be a very unorthodox type of message. But I believe that the Spirit of God wants you to know some things so that you can go out and understand deliberately why it's so important for you to strive after the good life. Getting out of debt. Got out of debt. Pursuing those things that God had intended and prepared for you before you are a twinkle in your mama's eye. He said in Ephesians chapter 2 that he had prearranged, planned beforehand... A good life for you. So if you're living anything underneath that, it's not because God had destined it, ordained it, or, 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 or just, just allowed it to be so. It's because of our own ignorance. There are oppressive systems, but it's because of our own lack of diligence to pursue that which God had ordained us to pursue in the first place. So I'm going to ask you 30 questions. If you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, I strongly suggest you follow the outline there. It's not really an outline. It's my list of 30 questions because what I want to do is give you some homework. And in these 30 questions, I invite you, I encourage you, I implore you, I beg you to go home and investigate and take inventory of what you thought you knew what you now know, and what you need to do to change your circumstances. I don't care. We have people here that make $10,000 a year, and we have people that make millions of dollars a year within this church family. No matter where you are, there's something and somewhere from which you need to grow. Number one, did you know that nothing you did or nothing you could do could earn uh, earn you heaven or God's love? You do not qualify for God's love in heaven. You don't. He gave it to you. He gave it to you. And because you're here, guess what? You received an invitation to what he gave you. Whether you made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or not, he extended an invitation. You received it. For those of you who proclaim yourselves to be Christian, praise God. Not only do you receive it, but you pocketed it and said, I want this. So if there's nothing you could do to earn it, guess what? There's nothing, no negative, no nasty, no incarceration, no theft, no crime that you could do to lose God's love. The only thing you can do is forsake it. Choose not to receive it. Number two, did you know that when you received Jesus as your Savior, you also received him as Lord, Master, Seath, and CEO of your life? You don't get one without the other. You don't get savior without getting master. You don't get heaven without getting his word, his commandments. Number three, did you know that inside of accepting him as all of that, there's a great benefit package that reaches beyond your day-to-day compensation? He's not just interested in you eating and, and having shelter and having clothes on your back. He's interested in you prospering. He gave you everything you need to excel and to achieve in this salvation, not just because he loves you so much. That's a major, major reason, but also because he loves all of us and he wants you to be his number one headhunter, his number one recruiter. Turn with me in 2 Peter chapter 2, chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I'll be reading from the message version of the Bible, and it says in verse 3, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God, the best invitation we ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you, your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. Number four, did you know that living a life pleasing to God is not simultaneous to living what's popular or politically correct? You must choose. Sometimes you're going to find yourself being in a position of awkwardness and against popular opinion. And if you ever weigh yourself in conversations and you felt something in here but you seem to blend in, you really need to understand or find out what will you stand for because you will end up falling for anything. Number five, did you know that to have the best of everything and live a truly good life, all you got to do is get to know him? He don't make you go out and you got to wear a certain tie. You got to wear your hair a certain way. You got to talk a certain way. You got to look a certain way. You got to work a certain job. You got to be some type. No. All you got to do to get everything that he has for you is get to know him. And getting to know him means learning to love him. Learning to love him means learning, wanting to please him. And when you want to please him, he's like, I can't help but to pour out all that I have onto you. Turn with me to 3 John chapter 1. And as you're turning there, I'm going to read number 6. Did you know that your life after salvation is supposed to get better, not worse? Your life after salvation is supposed to get better, not worse. Woe to the man or the woman that says, I remember when, B.C. Woe to the person who says, it seems like after I started going to church and started reading my Bible, the enemy got really thick and really strong. No, you're giving too much attention to him and what's wrong and not enough attention to what's right. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Number seven, did you know that it's God's perfect will that you prosper, live the good life in all in- arenas? He wants you to prosper, excel, be successful. He wants you to be the first for the promotion. He wants you to be the highest paid on the job. He wants you to be the one that everyone looks to and turns to. So it's no wonder that people want to call you for advice. It's no wonder that people are wanting to borrow money from you. They don't know you ain't really got it. But he desires that you live a prosperous life in all arenas. Now, understand, prosperous don't mean I got a whole lot of money. A prosperous life means I got peace and I'm supplied on every end. Number eight, did you know that living the good life is already programmed into the earth and can only be achieved one way? It's already in the earth. Guess what? For the just and the unjust. Scripture says that it's evil that a laborer does not collect his wages. So even for the evil one, if he works, he's deserving of his wages. Guess what? An evil one can operate in faith. He won't get as far as the believer. He leaves a lot on the table, but it's already in the earth. And there's only one way to get it, whether we call it principles, whether we call it degrees, whether we call it steps, whether we call it methods, or whether we just call it the Word of God. It's in the earth, and there's only one way, and it's God's Word. We people, humans, have adapted variations of what God's Word says to match or meet their own demise or their own glory. But at the end of the day, anything, any success book, any self-help book you find out there, you will see it's rooted in principles that's in the word of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. This is a good one. And this is where we start getting downright dirty. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 11 and 12, the Message Bible. It says, wisdom is better when it's paired with money. Especially if you get both while you're still living. Double protection, wisdom and wealth. Plus this bonus, wisdom energizes this owner. That's the Bible, y'all. That ain't me, for real. I did not call the message. And, And it's translated in various ways, but it says the same thing. Wisdom is better when it's paired with wealth. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. I am here today poking you, prodding you to stay woke, to wake up to what you're about to hear, and not only that, do something about it, okay? Number nine, did you know that wealth is not measured by how much money you make? It's the sum total of your debts and your assets and which one weighs more. Did you know that $82,000 a year puts you at the top 40% of the globally wealthy? If you make $82,000 a year or more, you are in the top 40% of the globally wealthy. That's not on here, that was a freebie. There are many a people who are millionaires but have a negative net worth. They owe more than they own. Number 10, did you know that the average earning for an advanced degree was $72,824 in 2015? Today we're going to honor our educators and all of those that function in the world of education. That advanced degree makes a difference. We're going to talk more about that a little bit later. Check this out men average $90,761, and women average only $50,756 annually in 2016. So you gotta know your worth. I had a conversation with a young lady, she's a mentee of mine and lover and adorer, and she was she messed around and she said, she said, she was like hands down, no shade, no no glory, no hiding. She would decide to ask people, well, how much do you make? People in her same rank. And they start talking about how much each other make. She does a little research and she finds out the average income for the average earning for her position. She has her degree and everything else. So she found out that she kind of outqualifies some people that make the same amount of money or even more than she does. So when she was offered a new position, she said, oh, back up. I see what you're offering me, but I'm worth more. But check this out. That didn't come because of just what she's done already as far as degrees and everything else. She's, she, had, she was able to say, I get here early, I stay late. When people don't show up, I come in. You see my results, you see how much I've turned over sales and profits, you see the decline in errors and and incidents and reports in this here place. I'm worth more than you're offering me. How many of us just accept what's offered because we're scared they're gonna get somebody else? Know your worth. Number 11, did you know that the median household income rose to $44,148 in 2016, according to the data released by Bureau of Labor Statistics? The poverty level for a family of four is now $24,600, according to the Department of Health and Human Resources. So if you make under a family of four $24,000, you are considered on poverty level. That's nationally. It's even less than that in the South. 24. I mean, number 12. Did you know that workers age 25 and over have an average salary at the end of 20, 2016? Check this out. Without a high school degree, median weekly earnings is $519. With a high school diploma, weekly earning $698. Check this out. Co- co- college graduates with at least a bachelor's degree earn $1,270 a week. It doubled for four years of time. It doubled. College graduates with advanced degrees earn a median average of $1,476 a week. Stay woke. 13, did you know the largest contributors to personal debt are student loans, underwater mortgages and or auto loans, and medical expenses? Student loans. I remember in uh, my doing real estate, some of you know I I was a real estate broker for quite some time. And I would end up with these high-end clients. I make they make it $200,000, $400,000 a year. They have, you know, driving very nice cars, living in an apartment, renting a condo. Comes down to get them mortgage qualified. They couldn't qualify. Why? Because they defaulted on their student loans. I just spoke with a doctor the other day. Been in the practice for 14 years. Her biggest nemesis is her student loans. Got a great friend, she's a vet, went to Ivy League schools. Here it is, 30 years almost post her degree. And anxious about next year, because in 2018 she will finally pay off her student loan. 30 years later, stay woke. People are driving off of car lots because they're excited about a, I got this car for 0% down. It's for 72 months, but it's for 0% down. I didn't have any company. God blessed me. <laughs> the minute they drove off of that lot, because it was 0% down, they now owe more on that car than it's worth. That 20% means something. Medical expenses. This healthcare agenda is major. Not because of those for those who make sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, but those that make twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. Because one day off from work because you're sick could be the difference between whether you eat next week. Stay woke. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I'll also reject thee. God is very interested in us knowing facts, us interested in learning. Us, he's very interested in us understanding. He says, all thy getting, get an understanding. Know your craft. He was celebrated, God celebrated throughout the Bible those that were masters in their craft. Number 14, did you know that 60% of major corporations and or affiliates offer tuition benefits, but only 5% of the employees take advantage of them? 60% of the corporations and companies out there and their affiliates offer tuition benefits, but only 5% of their employees take advantage of them. That same study, it was in Money Magazine, an article written by Kayla Mueller in April 2016. Number 15, did you know that studies in that same article reported that those for those that did take advantage of it experienced a 43% increase in their income over three years? How many of you work for corporations that offer tuition assistance, tuition reimbursement benefits? If they offer it, I don't care if you're 26 or 62. You better take advantage of it. And let me tell you this. Not just because you need, want higher education. That's a great thing. Because we all know that education evolves over time. It's just sometimes institutions need to see that you're committed to being better. And then if you wanna flip the coin, if you're not willing to take advantage of the benefit, that's fine, but be okay with your earning status. Be okay with your earning status because your employer is not responsible for making you wealthy. Your employer is not committed, vested, nor interested in making you wealthy. You have to get that. Number 15. Number 16, did you know that 1 in 10 full-time college students have or have applied for any financial assistance? Only 1 in 10 have or even applied for financial assistance. Over $2.9 billion in federal grants went unclaimed in 2015. 2.9 billion. We're not even going to get into the private sector. Stay woke. I just found out my kids, Dennis, offer scholarships. What? Dude, check you next year. (laughs) Just remember to send me that email in next year. Did you know, oh, no, let's, let's go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. We're about to cross some other bridges. Proverbs 11, verse 1. It says, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Yes, God is on the side of equal work, equal pay. He is on the, he despises, he's called it an abomination to show favoritism and have an unjust balance. When he's talking about the balance there, he's talking about that weight. Number 17, did you know, this one is what floored me. Single women of color ages 36 to 49 have a median wealth or a net worth of $5 compared to the worth of a single white female, same age, is $42,600. $5. The woman of color, be she Hispanic. Asian, or especially black, has a net worth in America of $5. Her female white counterpart is, has a net worth on the average of $42,600. This is the one that she, the lady pulled up, and I was like, surely this is not true. And I'm at Newsweek, Huffington Post, Money, the Bloomington Report. They all got the same study and reporting the same statistic. That blew my mind. Did you know, number 18, the financial situations of single women of color are so precarious that this same study found that one unpaid sick day or an appliance repair or a breakdown of an automobile could send them, about half of them, into a financial crisis. So understand that when you are dropping your baby off at daycare and you notice this other mother is dropping off her sick baby at daycare, and you give, and we get the attitude, because I did it. Don't she know that her child is sick, snot all over the place, red eyes, and she brought that child to school? I had to repent. I had to repent forever even thinking that, because at the end of the day, she can't afford to keep that baby home. If she, she can take the, keep the baby home, let him get a nap, give him some, some medicine, and feed him some soup. But next week, she's figuring out how she's going to pay for food. How she's going to keep the lights on. How she's going to put gas in the car. Or better yet, how she's going to afford the martyr. Number 19, did you know that one in seven women live in poverty and one in four live in poverty among black women? Did you know that 60% of women work minimum wage jobs with no insurance, no sick days, and account for most of America's poor? 60% 60% of women, so if I was to line up 10 women, six of them will, be consi- uh, uh, will work minimum wage jobs with no insurance, no sick days, and can account for America's poor. 50% of single mothers make less than $25,000 a year. That's nationally, but here in the South, is even more. For people over 65, women are twice as likely to live in poverty. Stay woke. Number 20. Did you know that 80% of American workers take advantage of retirement investment benefits when offered? However, only 40% of black people do, and only 32% of Latinos do. So here we got 401Ks, 403Bs, pension investments, and things like that. 80% of Americans take advantage of it, but within that, only 46% of the black workers do, and only 32% of the Hispanic workers do. And then we turn our faces when they start talking about Social Security. By the time I'm 65, Social Security might not be around. Stay woke. 21, did you know that black men earn 75% as much as their white counterparts, and women earn 83% as much as men? But yet this, this threw me off. The, Asians, the Asian man earns 117% as much as a white man. I need to tap into my Asian roots a little bit more. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29, it says, Seest thou a diligent man in his business, he shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. In other words, if you see a man that's diligent in his business, just because you see him diligent in his workplace, it didn't start in his workplace. He's diligent at home. He's diligent in his private affairs. He's diligent with his family. And it just shows up at his job. And because this diligence surrounds him, he's forced because people always love people that are successful. And he will stand before great men and women of authority. Number 22, did you know that 0% financing does not always mean you're getting the best deal? How many of you ever seen 0% financing, APR 0.75%? Best believe they put their cost in there somewhere. The APR is the overall cost to loan you this money. So they might not charge you any finance charge percentage-wise, but they did what's called back-end. I love my bankers and my financiers and my investors. I love you. I, you up in here, love you. But we're all in the, mon- in the business of not only making money, but saving money. Stay woke. 23, did you know that you can save as much as 17% on your energy bills simply by doing your laundry on a Tuesday through Thursday evening and taking your showers at night? Some of you who went the job uh, went to Financial Peace. Y'all know that you can save as much as 17% on your electric bill or your gas bill simply by doing your laundry on a Tuesday through Thursday night and taking your showers at night. Did you know that you may not be saving money by refinancing that house? If you're looking at the big picture, <laughs> you probably paid your mortgage for 15 years. The interest rate is now 2% lower than what I paid, and 2% is a significant amount of money. But all they just did was erase 15 years of payments and start all the way over again. So, we're, woohoo, my payment went down $108. But that lower payment of $108 just added another 15 years of you being pimped. Because you go to work now because you got to go to work to make money for your debt collector, because if you don't give him that money, they're gonna come after you, i.e. pimped. So if you're gonna refi, I'm not saying don't refi, but if you refi, you better have a strategy in place on accelerating the payoff of that debt. You need to make sure that there is no prepayment penalty. You need to make sure that there is still a gap of 20% value, loan to value ratio in there. You need to make sure that that new payment is well below 23% of your monthly income. Did you know, number 25, that companies will honor competitive costs at renewal time? So every year, I'm I'm reevaluating auto insurance, house insurance, Gas bills, electric bills, cable bills, cell phone I'm revaluing everything, and I'm letting them know, you know what, T-Mobile said they'll do this. I truly believe that Verizon went to unlimited plans because I called them and said, well, what's stopping me from going to T-Mobile if they're using all your towers? (laughs) I probably shouldn't have said their names, but praise the Lord. Did you know that most creditors will apply any extra money you pay to accelerate your debt to the next payment? You won't realize that. So here you are, minimum payment is $25. You say, I'm going to double up, I'm going to pay $50. They will say, and then you get your next bill. You know your next bill is not $25 no more, but instead it's $21. Have you seen that before? It's because they attributed part of that payment Instead of to the principal, part that payment to the finance charge so you can keep on paying. Stay woke. Stay woke. So you need to be on top of what you pay. I usually suggest pay the minimum payment, wait till that clears. The very next day, once it clears, you make your next payment and make sure you call in and say, This is for my principal. Did you know? No, let me. <sighs> applying that in Jesus' name. <laughs> now, a lot of the of what I read is a combination of oppressive systems. I am not denying or negating that there is an oppressive system out there that's capitalist-driven as well as racially-driven. Okay, I'm not negating that. I'm not minimizing that. So please hear my heart. That will take time. That will take your political involvement, i.e. vote. That will take you, amen, staying woke to the issues at hand. Just because it's not in your backyard doesn't mean that it won't be in your child's backyard in the near future. If you're a man, it behooves you to take interest in equal work, equal pay. Because if you have a daughter, and I promise you, you find out that your boy your, your, your boy's son is making $60,000, and you hear your daughter is with an MBA, five more years of work experience, and she's only making 48? You're gonna have some issues. Don't let me get ugly up here, my soapbox. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit right into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God you 'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize that he wants what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to his level of immaturity. God brings out the best in you, He develops well formed maturity in you though you can 't necessarily change the system instantly, you can go home, take inventory of these questions that i 've listed on the view the app as well as what you can listen to on. SoundCloud, take inventory of where you are and make the adjustments you seem and deem necessary. 27, did you know that if you change your mind, you will change your money? If you change your mind, you will change your money. 28, did you know that God gave us power to get wealth and he didn't give us humility to stay poor? Deuteronomy chapter chapter 8 says that he gave us power to get wealth. Anything you got came from him. He says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. So anything that is good, anything that is productive, anything that's prosperous in your life came from one source, and that's God Almighty. So, 29, did you know if you can wear it, it's not an asset? (laughs) This one came up because after I was writing some of this, I went upstairs to get the next load of laundry. Because, you know, just because I'm anointed and preaching the word of God, I still got to do laundry. And I go in my closet and I look and I gather up the hamper and I look around at my purses. I'm like, doggone, if I just added up how much my purses are worth even in this used state in my shoes, I could alleviate some of the debt crisis going on within my own church. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. But if you can wear it, it's not an asset. Somebody was like, what about my furs and my diamonds? Boo-boo. If you take your fur and your diamonds to the, to the store, they are not going to give you a full refund for its value. Don't let the appraised value fool you. That's for the insurance because they know they can't replace what's old. They're just giving you an appraised value, making you feel good about your purchase and making you buy a little bit more insurance in case you got to buy some, replace it. If you can wear it, it's not an asset. Say, I love Pastor Trish. Another little statistic. I said I wasn't going to say it, but I lied. So pray for me. (laughs) In my looks, in my searching, I just bumped into how much the average American female pays on her hair. The average American female pays about $320 a month on her hair. Dog, oh! <sighs> for my hairstylist, praise God, I love you, I love you. But for real. So, number 20, number 30. Did you realize that you were taking a nap? (laughs) Did you realize that you were taking a nap? Really quickly now, I'm going to name five alarms to wake you up. Five alarms to change your circumstances. I don't want to just give you all this information, don't give you something else to do. Five alarms, very quick. You must have a financial vision for you and your family. You must have a financial vision for you and your family. I don't care what it is. I just got through telling a young lady, get you a private hideaway somewhere far away from your house, no debit card or credit card, bank account, and have a direct deposit of at least $5 to $10 go directly into that account every pay period. You can go without 5 or $10. That's just a Happy Meal or a doggone Wendy's combo. But have a financial vision for, your, for you and your family. If you are the head of household, male or female, you have to have a financial vision. Or you will be a part of those statistics I just read. 70% of today's wealthy inherited it. Mommy and daddy wasn't rich, but they left a nice little uh, life insurance policy for them. Check this, that's 70% of today's wealthy inherited it. However, 70% of Americans leave their families in debt. Roughly about $61,544, if you're including the house. Those who did not have a house, $12,875 left them in debt. Financial vision. If you had invested $100 in 1997 in Amazon, just $100, I don't know if y'all noticed last week, for 12 hours, the Amazon man was the richest man in the world. I mean, it was 12 hours, but shoot, I didn't know he was doing it like that. I mean, Bill, Microsoft rallied back, but still. If you had invested $100 in 1997, just that $100, today that $100 would be worth $64,000. Kick it myself. Alarm number two, you must stop taking care of others at your detriment. Stop taking care of others at your detriment. Learn the art of saying no. The second commandment says, love thy neighbor as thyself, not instead of thyself. Alarm number three, we must put works, or we must put action to our faith. Whatever you're praying for, it doesn't mean it's just going to Prayers are not a magic spell. Faith requires action. You need to do something. We need to do something. I need to do something every single day that's moving me forward in the passions, the gifts, and the talents that God's placed inside of me. You know, since I'm having a vision, I'm not doing nothing with it. If it requires another degree, take advantage of that benefit you might have at work. It requires more money. Put that $10 per pay period. You'll be amazed at what you will have after about two or three years. Alarm number four, you must understand the principles that create wealth. Tap into your own wealth inventory. Tap. It's an acronym. You, every one of us, because God created us. He says, I created you. And then I recreated you in Christ Jesus. Every one of us, every one of us have a talent. Every one of One of us has an ability, and every one of us has a passion. Tap into your talents, your abilities, and your passions. And inside of that, you will find your wealth strategy. It just takes faith for you to step out of your comfort zone. Success is when preparation meets opportunity. And just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not for you. A lot of people think that once it gets hard, the enemy is at work or this wasn't the will of God. No. A lot of times when it gets difficult, even though it was a talent, ability, or passion, all it means is that you got to come up a level. That's all it means. Alarm number five. Everyone has the same purpose. Everyone has the same purpose, and that is to serve. God is a giving God, and he put us all on the earth to be givers. And in giving, we serve one another. Your talents, your abilities, and your passions are meant to serve other people. Let me tell you right now, if you're motivated by how much money you make, you've set yourself up for failure. Because you will have in your mind that I'm supposed to have $30,000 at the end of six months. If that $30,000 doesn't happen at the end of six months, guess what you're doing? Moving on to the next project. And there is, is the cycle of doom. If money is your motivator, then you got to check yourself. (sighs) Confidence. To add to your faith. Some of us don't believe we qualify. We have these dreams and visions, but we really don't believe that we qualify. We lack the confidence to move forward. Not just the confidence in ourselves, but the confidence that we need to have in God. So what do you believe about God to create wealth? What do you believe about yourself? What do you need to learn to increase your confidence? And what current beliefs do you have right now that you need to change? Did you learn anything? Turn to your neighbor and say, stay woke. Turn to your neighbor and yell, wake up. up! (laughs) Now, I had to rewrite these questions and this information three times last night because I was that. I could have just did a really skinny outline and, and pass it on to you. But the Spirit of God just wanted me to, led me to make sure that this was on the Bible app. That I went through all of them. I encourage you to go home. Take inventory of where you are as it relates to the information you just got. There was a whole bunch more, because I could have did 50. I could have did 100. But I just didn't want to hurt you like that. (laughs) Take inventory of where you are and be intentional about growth, be intentional about changing your mind so you can not only change your money, but change where and who you are today. If you are not satisfied with where you are today, what's going on in your life, you got to realize you are today where you are today as a result of your decisions that you made yesterday. So let's make tomorrow be better, greater, and more profitable to God and to those around us because we decided today to change our minds, to make better decisions, to move forward in what God truly prepared for us before the beginning of time. Jeremiah 29 11 says that my thoughts are greater than your thoughts and my ways are greater than your ways. I've done all these things. I've I've been diligent about my creation in you and preserving you and ministering to you so that you can have an intended end. When God made the earth, everything was wonderful about it. And he leaned back in his throne and said, it is good. When you come to the end of your days and you stand before the throne of glory, he expects to be able to lean back in his throne and look at you and say, baby girl, baby boy, it is good. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's strive for that. Not looking back, but pressing forward for the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your love toward us. We thank you for the promises of your word and the power of your spirit that does live inside of each and every one of us. So, Father, as we endeavor to take what we've learned today and become not only better people, but better Christians, better children of the most high God. Empower us and show us your pleasure as we intentionally make decisions and plans to achieve that which you put us on the earth to achieve. Father, I pray for every person that is here, their hearts were sensitive to receive, their minds are awakened to a greater truth and a greater revelation of who you are and whose they are. May they all walk in the mighty exploits that you intended to walk in before the foundations of the earth. May they truly experience the good life in Jesus' name. Amen. And So be it. Where every head is bowed, wherever every eye is closed, where everyone is in an attitude of prayer, I want you to search your hearts. Jesus says that the devil, the evil one, came to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said that I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you right now. If you don't know whether what your status is.